actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 today. Sometimes when we get a 911 call, the outcome just doesn't work out well. I'm happy to say that most of the time, when we get a call, whether it's medical, fire, or police, we can get out and help the caller or whoever it is that's needing the help. It's not always the prettiest or desirable of outcomes, but like I said, most of the time, we, the dispatchers and various field personnel, we can help out. In this episode of Music City 901, we're hitting some calls that are not the most desirable of outcomes. I don't say it enough in each episode, but it's always implied. Listener discretion is advised. If you're new to the show, be sure to carry that on to pretty much every episode. I'm going to start off the episode with a call from right here in Nashville. This happened in the wee hours of the morning, even before I showed up to work. So I didn't have a piece to do with this incident at all. It starts out harmless enough, though. Suspicious vehicle blocking the road, all the doors open, no people around on it. Don't stop right beside it. Hey, they might be in the digital guns or something. Pull over there. We're almost hitting in front of the semi truck, but just pull on the side of the road over there. Oh, Hickory Boulevard and Dickerson Pike. Yeah, coming from oh, uh, coming from the exit of 65 uh, to Old Hickory, going toward the shells at uh, Dickerson and Old Hickory. Uh, probably about a quarter mile from the red light by Cedar Hill Park. So, uh, yes, ma'am. What's your name? Could you see what kind of vehicle uh, it was? It was like a Chevy Impala Silver. You said nobody inside the vehicle. 
the vehicle is empty. All the doors is popped and nobody's around. So I don't know if somebody's hurt. Somebody might have crawled off, ran off or not, but that's why I gave you a call. So this whole thing starts out with a car that's been left out in the middle of the road. No one inside the car. You might be surprised, but even though this doesn't sound like it's something that happens all the time, it actually does. I would be willing to venture a guess, just because this is not something that's actually monitored or really documented, I would say that multiple times every single day in Nashville and probably every other big city, this exact same thing happens. Most of the time, it's some innocent reason. It can simply be because someone is broke down and they don't want to stay in their car while it's sitting in the middle of traffic. Completely understandable. On the other hand, sometimes somebody might go to a different extreme, steal a car, driving around joyriding, and not have any gas in the car. They just run out of gas and leave that stolen car there and run off. Another call on this incident comes in. 911, what's the address of your emergency? Um, I'm on uh, Alder Boulevard, right next to Cedar Hill Park, and there's a car with all the doors open, and it looks like it's still running with the headlights on, and I heard gunshots, and my window's down, I heard gunshots like right before I saw the car. The caller on this one starts out reporting the exact same thing. Car sitting out in the middle of the road, headlights on, all the doors open, nobody inside of it, car still running, but then he starts hearing gunshots. You hear gunshots in a big city like this, sometimes it happens. You add with it this car that's been sitting out there, not sure for how long, nobody in it and left running, it's probably not a good combo. The original caller actually calls back in on this. Oh, 911, what's the address of the emergency? Uh, I just gave a call in my name. Uh, it was at a uh, quarter mile beside Cedar Hill Park, Dickerson, and Old Hickory. Uh, I just reported about a, a suspicious vehicle being like blocking the middle of the street with all the doors popped. But I was calling back to let you know I just heard gunshots in the woods. So they need to try to step up on sending that police out there. Okay, at the same location of Old Hickory Boulevard and Dickerson Heights? Yes, I just heard gunshots because I was further to pull off after the, the recent call, but I just heard shots in, so we just pulled out because my child was in the car. How many gunshots did you hear? Uh, two. Okay. All right, I've got that information. We're getting them out there as quick as possible, okay? Thank you, ma'am. You're welcome. Police stepped up their initial response. A car blocking a roadway, especially this early in the morning, that's not a super high priority. There's not much traffic in general at this time of night, which I said was in the wee hours of the morning. It was just after 2.30 a.m. For this, you would likely get a code 2 response, which is an urgent response, but no lights and sirens. You throw in the shots fired, and they flip those lights and sirens on. With the limited info that was given, again at this point, just an abandoned car with shots fired coming from somewhere in the woods, there's not too much to go on. Still a lot of this puzzle to find out about. Officers pull to the scene and immediately start trying to figure out what's going on, and this is what's recorded on their cameras. 1027, myself for 97. We have the air for a second. Yeah, you see you heard them out that way? Uh, right off in the woods. Right, not far. All right, can you see your car for me? 
Yep. Yeah. Hopefully no one's on this right side. There's gloves, that's weird. Hey, uh, see if you can grab that VIN. I hear you on. 727, if we have any additional units, can we send them our way? We do hear some arguing out in the wood line. Break free. Yeah, this is, uh, oh, damn. Crap, and of course, I don't have my rifle. Seven to ten or twenty, you direct. Yeah, we're around people. Should we start giving out commands, I guess? I, I, that's what I was thinking. All right. Yeah, watch me. <laughs> It's the Metro Police Department. Come out with your hands up. Metro Police, drop the weapon or we will shoot. Come out of the woods with your hands up now. If you do not comply, we will release the dog. We will release the canine if you do not comply. He said fuck you. Yeah, you don't have a rifle, do you? No, I got a shotgun. My is freaking out. Two more shots. 723. We gave commands. He told us that he's not going to come out of the woods, and then he fired two more shots. I know that they were towards us. Do we have like SWAT or something? But maybe wait for Sarge, I guess. Yeah, stay low, use the engine block. One more shot. This is definitely a SWAT call out. But I'm not sure if we need to wait for Sarge. Hey guys, how far up are you? From the shooter, approximately 50 yards. Maybe 100. I don't know if we need to back up. Metro Police, come out with your hands up now. Drop the weapon or we will release the dog. 
for now, I don't think he's shooting at us. I don't. I, I'm not going to risk it. I'm just try to unlock your car from where you're at. I'll try to use the loudspeaker. Okay, that. That back there. Twenty-seven. Uh, we confirm that he is shooting at us now at this point. In this portion of the body war camera footage, you're not missing very much of the video portion. They walk up to the car, which is that silver Chevy Impala, sitting in the middle of the road with his doors open, and that's about it. It's pitch black out in that area. Very limited on the street lights. The area of town, Madison, it's pretty heavily populated, but the area around this place, Cedar Hill Park, that's not nearly as populated. The entire north side of Old Hickory Boulevard here is Cedar Hill Park. It's over 300 acres and mostly used for its softball fields and running paths, though for a bit, some people would loosely put out the word that they could meet in certain areas of the park inside the woods for, let's say, some lewd and illicit activities. I'm sure some of the responding officers went out there, had that cross their mind, at least until they heard about the gunshots. The next portion of the video, it skips ahead just a little bit. The officers, they've got the road closed off, and for good reason. You've got somebody out there that was shooting randomly at first, but now shooting at officers. For a good while, they're trying to give them orders to end this, what's now a standoff, peacefully. He just pulled something out. Left hand, left hand. Not sure what he's got. I can't tell what he keeps. That whatever what, Yeah. Uh, well, whatever that is is black. Looks bigger than a lighter to me. Might be a phone. Police Department! 
down. Direct them where you need them. SUV's coming down. Command, if you got a SUV coming down towards us, have to come to the very front of the column. We're right there on the right. Can you send up a pair of binos up here? They're in the back of my SUV. You pop a hatch. Drop what's in your hands. Put your hands up and walk towards the road. You will not be harmed if you come out peacefully. We need to see your hands. You'll be right in the middle once you pop that hatch. We let him get in the woods, Tom. No, we lose vision. And I don't, we have no containment on the back side. That bit, even though it was pretty lengthy in regards to time, was chopped down quite a bit. Pretty obvious that the officers gave this guy plenty of chances. What you heard there at the end, there was a person in the woods, the shooter, who at this point had exited the interior of the woods and was now at the edge of the wood line. He shot two shots in the direction of one of the officers who was there on the scene and that officer returned one very well-placed shot with his shotgun. Aid was rendered, but the gunshot wound to the suspect, ultimately, was fatal. The suspect, who at first was just listed as a 39-year-old man, likely due to next-of-kin notifications, has now been identified as Anthony Phillips. Phillips was a registered sex offender and was wanted for tampering with his ankle monitor, which was in place due to the sex offender conviction. Phillips had a lengthy arrest record, but the most pertinent convictions, the ones that related to his warrant, were rape of a child and aggravated sexual battery where the victim was under 13 years old. He'd been arrested before for tampering with his monitoring device. Metro police commented that the suspect was likely under the influence of drugs, which doesn't seem like any kind of stretch at all. In fact, it seems pretty likely and probably was the main motivating factor. Why else would someone leave a running vehicle in the middle of the road at 2.30 in the morning, run into the woods with a gun and start randomly firing? 
regardless of the reasoning, neither the 911 dispatchers or the officers wanted this outcome. The officer involved shooting, from the date of this recording anyway, is still under investigation. Ma'am, I need somebody at 118 Sunny Point Circle, please. Somebody as an officer? Yes, please. One one uh, officers or an ambulance. Um, I don't know yet. This is what happened. Uh, my significant other were breaking up. He has children there. He's having seizures. He won't go to the hospital, and now he's threatening to kill his kill himself. Uh, is he currently? Somebody needs to go over there right now. He's threatening his life. Um, he also said that if he hears anybody or he sees any cops, that he's going to shoot, make them shoot him. Does he Thank have any type much. of weapons? Yes, he does, and usually they're on him. Okay. Please be careful. Please be careful. He's got an arsenal. Please be careful. Those were excerpts from a call that came in from LaGrange, Georgia. A man with a weapon, several weapons from what they said threatening to kill everybody inside the house and was also having a medical condition in the form of seizures, refusing to go to a hospital about it. Police got on the scene out there and tried their best to communicate with the suspect on this. They tried calling him and ultimately got in touch with him via text message. I'll read off a few in that exchange right now. Hi, Brian. This is the police department. Can you give me a call? Brian's response was, don't be stupid. If I see y'all up top, it's on. The reply back from the officer. Not trying to be stupid. I'm trying to help you. Hey man, talk to me. It's obvious I care because I keep calling. Talk to me. Call me back, dude. At this point, Brian, the suspect on this, starts sending back pictures of himself in tactical gear, likely a bulletproof vest, as well as some of his guns. During the negotiations, the seizures with the suspect continued happening. There were children inside with him while all this was going on. The officer's main concern out there was the safety of the children. A stroke of luck actually happened for the police officers that were out on the scene. He had a seizure again. Luckily, one of the children actually called 911 to report that their dad was having a seizure. I wonder where is your emergency? Um, our dad's having a seizure. Daddy's having what? a seizure? Is daddy having a seizure? Yeah. Okay, I want you to go ahead and walk to the top of your driveway. There's a police officer going to be waiting there. They're going to help daddy, okay? Okay. Okay. I'll just say straight up that the dispatcher on this was brilliant in what she did. It was a very short call. Wasn't a lot to it. But as soon as that dispatcher heard that the dad was having a seizure again, she told the boys to go up to the top of the driveway to meet with the police officers so the police could help their dad. That got them out of harm's way. The next bit of this, we switch over to one of the body-worn cameras of the officers out there on the scene. Hey, Brian, I'm here to help you, buddy. Will you come out here and let me help you, please? Brian, I'm here to help you, sir. Come right out the front door and I'm going to get you some medical help. Please let me help you. There he is. He just shut the door. All right, let's back up. Back up, y'all. 
this was still pretty early in the standoff. They're just trying to get this guy some medical as well as mental help. Once he slammed the door, they weren't going to try to approach him because they knew he was heavily armed. While remaining there on the scene and still trying to communicate with him, they received someone else's text messages that they were having back and forth with Brian. I want to see him try to march on me and get shot. The reply, we're doing everything we can as fast as we can. I'm going to shoot everyone I see in the windows. I have my vest on too and mask. I want to see how they handle me and how good they are. I'll be the one to really test them. The reply back was, well, let's just handle the boys first, okay? Make sure they're with family. Brian replies back, kaboom on the first five. You know what Tannerite is. You're the only man they know. You gotta be strong, bub. Brian replied back, they took him. I want to walk down and shoot his house up. Whose house? The chief of police. The one who took them from me. He took mine. I'll take his. Bub, breathe. Please stay calm. Brian's reply. I hope they shoot better than me. I know them all, and I'll slay him. I'm going to die today. His friend texts back. Bub, please. I beg you, don't do this. Brian's last reply was, I'll be in a bag tomorrow. The statement attached to this video from the LaGrange Police Department advises, based on the threats of violence, LaGrange Police obtained search and felony arrest warrants for Brian Jesse. Officers began evacuating citizens in the area. While evacuating citizens, an officer observed Brian Jesse approaching with a rifle. As he took cover, he heard multiple shots fired by Jesse. Multitude of shots fired. While the evacuations were still going on, one of which was a family that was trying to get out of their driveway, the suspect exits his house wearing body armor and carrying an AR-style rifle. He starts approaching the officers that are trying to get these families out. He's moving back to us. He's moving back to us. He's moving back to the residence. Get out of here. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Lay down flat on the ground! Get on the ground right now! Lay down flat on the ground! Do not reach for that weapon! He's still moving towards us. Do not reach for that weapon! All right, I got your radio. Cover. I'm losing the middle box. Get down on the ground! Flat on the ground! Flat on the ground! Now! Get down on the All ground! Right. At this point and before, police were using a drone to kind of hover over the suspect's house to try to monitor his movements. What you heard there was him walking almost directly in front of the officers, but he had his hands up the whole time. He was still carrying around his rifle, but it was on a sling. He walked back up towards his house, still with his hands up. 
when he got there to his front door, he noticed the drone and started shooting at it. Say what? Later on, police did manage to get a Bearcat, which is an armored vehicle, up and start giving commands over a loudspeaker. While in the Bearcat, the suspect began firing directly at the vehicle. Bullet holes in the garage. This is the LaGrange Police Department. We have an arrest warrant we do have for Brian Jesse. Come out with your hands empty. Perfect. Where's he at? Shooting through the door. Okay. Shots fired. He's shooting out of the Come out of the house with your hands empty. Where's where that one come from? That came right from the right below. side. Hit yeah. the left of the door to the left of where the glass is broke. And just yeah. right over. Okay. Bring the light up, Minix, so we can get depth in that room. There right you go. There. I'm See, so, no, that's coming from the left to the right, and it's hitting. Yeah, getting back in the cabinet. Which way is he firing, John? There it is. Let you go down. I'm hung behind a piece of metal. Go up just a little bit. Up a little bit. Right, Where's he shooting that now? It's hitting over after the door's vibrating. Yeah, we don't see him coming out. We're losing, still shooting, but we're not taking the fire right now. We don't know where he's at. Where's the door? He's at the door. He just flicked a cigarette across the... Uh, no, that's turning right. That's turning right. Close it. Close it. Close it. Those last bits were clips all put together, and they lasted several hours. This was a very, very lengthy standoff. And up until this point, even with the armored vehicles being shot at multiple times, police still did not respond with fire of their own, mainly because he kept moving around the house in the darkness and police could never find out exactly where he was. Later on, though, they got in a good position, targeted his muzzle flashes, and were able to return fire. At nearly 4 a.m., officers there on the scene observed a fire that started inside the garage. Firefighters will not respond to a call like that when there's still an active shooting situation going on. After that single exchange of gunfire with police, there were no more shots fired. Observing even more hours after that, there was no movement left inside the house. Officers used a robot to try to locate Brian Jesse and they were unable to. Around 7.30, a larger fire broke out, believing that the suspect in this was likely deceased at this point. Officers escorted the fire department up to try to stop the house fire. The house was fully engulfed and was not able to be saved. The remains of the suspect in this was found inside that house. At this time, it's unsure if he was hit by police shot himself, or burned in the fire. This, again, is one of those calls where 
This is not the outcome that anybody wanted. This guy was having seizures. His family members and friends, they all wanted him to get help. The police, they were wanting the same thing. He just didn't want it for himself. It's all very unfortunate, and I wish it never happened again, but just like a lot of other calls we've had on this show, I'm sure it will sooner than later. That's going to about do it for this one. If you haven't already, head over to TikTok and follow the show for videos, which at the moment are a little random, but they're getting more frequent and hopefully a bit better in content and production value as I learn a bit more and more about it. Be sure to follow the show over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're not a fan of the ads of the show, head over to Patreon and sign up for some ad-free episodes. Be on the lookout and what I'm hoping in the next couple days for a new merch store that will have items with the show's new logo on it. I'll put out an update on social media letting y'all know how to get to it once it gets set up. For Music City 911, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good and safe Christmas and other holidays.